This is Coffee with Closers, a show about real estate agents by real estate agents. We'll highlight local real estate agents to share their successes, celebrate their failures, and learn who they are outside of real estate. Where are you from? I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. I moved to Fishers when I was five. I did not know that again. Why is this every single time? I don't know anything <laughs> about anyone. Oh, you really know your team that well. <laughs> this clearly makes me feel as though I'm highly engaged and interested in people. Yeah. Cincinnati, Ohio. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was born there and lived in Fishers ever since I was what, five. What brought you to Fishers? Uh, my dad's job. And how do you feel about Fishers? I love it. Hence why I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> what about it do you like? Uh, I don't know, it's just cool seeing the growth like from what it was just to be an old farm town to just rapidly growing to what it is now. If you were going to sell someone on moving to Fisher, <coughs> what, what does your sales pitch sound like? It's the best freaking city in Indiana. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. It's You've got you know really good schooling. Um, you know, really, you're five, ten minutes from anything you need. Um, you're far enough outside of downtown Indy, so you don't you don't have to deal with too much of that. But then you've also got some of the city life there, I guess, with that and all the up and coming. Yeah. I think for me, I never wanted to live in Fishers, and then I accidentally lived there <laughs> uh, because I bought a house that didn't flip. It, it flopped, and so I ended up living there, and uh, I actually found it to be a lot better than I expected it to be. I well, thought it was like a sleepy, boring town at that, that that was like my expectation of it, and it was a lot better than I oh, thought it would be. It's not all just full of people that are stuck up there. <laughs> no, the demographics actually are a lot lower in, and not a lot, but are are lower in age and socioeconomic than than a neighbor to the west. Of yeah, Fisher, well, so. and you, I think the thing too is is that you've got kind of every sort of, you know, from your hundred fifty thousand dollar houses up to you yeah. know your, you know, million plus. Yep. So you can, you know, really anybody can be there and you're going to get all different types of people. I just hope that there's someone. I know that we have people that listen randomly in other states. I hope there's someone in California listens and goes, you can buy a house for (laughs) $150,000. Like what kind of double wide trailer does does that person live in? That's Uh, why we're the best area to invest (laughs) in right now. So call me. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Shameless plug. I like it. All right. So um, what's the one thing you don't like about Fishers? I don't know. It, I think it could, I mean, kind of going back to, I don't know, about the reputation or whatever, but, you know, I've started, you know, moving a little bit towards the Fourville area, um, and, you know, you just hear people talk about fishers, and it's, you know, everybody thinks that it's just this, oh, everyone's stuck up and all that, but um, I don't know. I just think it, there's times that it can get a bad rep, the thing that I hear complaints about from people, especially when they relocate from out of town, is traffic. That's the one thing that people will say that they expect to be terrible. Do you think the traffic in Fishers is bad? Mm-mm. Well, it, I think you know, initially when they didn't, when they weren't widening the roads, I'd say there was starting to back up a little bit, and you know, everybody hated all these roundabouts they were putting in, but. That's kind of funny now. Like every corner almost yeah. has roundabouts and makes traffic move smoothly. Yeah. I actually don't think it's bad either. That's why I was curious. But I d- that seems to be the number one thing, the, the number one rumor that gets spread. Um, 
is as about the traffic there. So, all right, so enough about that. So talk to me about real estate. Um, I feel like a little bit today that we're on like a match date, <laughs> uh, a real estate match date. Talk to me about about your, how long you've been in real estate and what that looks like. Uh, so I've been in real estate uh, a little over a year and a half, going on two years, in a few months. Uh, how do you feel about it? I love it. I mean, I definitely is a gives quite a few headaches, um, but at the end of the day, I love it. Um, my it's my passion. I love it. I uh, just weird you kind of see from when you start to where you are now. You just learn so much so quickly and. Um, I don't know. I, I love, I guess I just love where it's at now. What do you like about it? It's, you're dealing with something new every single day. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not a desk job. You sit down and you're doing the same stuff every day. I mean, my ADD is terrible. <laughs> so it's something that I can get up and do and I can walk around and, you know, meeting new people is one of my most favorite things in the world, talking um, so I think that's probably what it is, meeting the people and you're not dealing with the same thing every day. Yeah, for me, I think what what's is I'm an ADHD person myself, which people would never. Well, some people would never <laughs> believe, <favorite> but um, <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people think that I'm incredibly focused. And I think what the reality is, is that I'm really passionate about what I do and I'm passionate about helping other people. And so that just means that I work long, uh, long days on it with with high amounts of focus. And I don't know if it's like this for you or not, but do you feel like you can work a, a long day in real estate and it doesn't feel overwhelming and exhausting because it's something different all the time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It's, I mean, it's, that's kind of, you can have the, you can have a really short day and get a lot done, um, you know, even in yeah. those couple hours. Um, but then also when you do have those long days, it's, you know, since it is, you know, my passion, it's something I love. I don't look at it as a job. I look at it as, you know, just my dream, like yeah. what I love doing and my passion. Uh, so it, I just think that, you know, time really isn't a factor. Once you, you know, you could it'll be at 9, 10 o'clock, you're writing offers on it. And, you know, that's just, it's fun. So you have a girlfriend that everyone loves to um, give you hell for on the team, <laughs> not because we don't love her, but because it's just enjoyable to give you hell in mm -hmm. general. Um, so... Does she hate talking about real estate with you? No, and that's the funny thing is, is that she will, I almost have to be like, okay, is this, I felt like I was talking about it too much, and she's like, okay, let's go, like, tell yeah. me more, like, I want to know more, and that's kind of thing, it's really cool having her push me to, you know, want to be better, and hearing her passion, you know, because she's, you know, going to nursing school now, yeah. and then, you know, I'm finding that, I'm liking that, and then you know, we're kind of both loving and supporting each other's passions. That's cool. So I that's think awesome. So talking uh, talking about pushing and supporting, you've been now with two different with two different companies, and, and obviously we don't we won't talk about anything from a past life standpoint. <laughs> um, what do you think is different about being a, a part of the Forney Group? Uh, I think probably the biggest thing is the the culture is, I know we always joke about it, but it really is one of my biggest things is that, you know, we 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 surround ourselves with, you know, we're all go-getters and we all want to be, you know, the best, the, the best version of ourselves that we can be. And I think just other teams, they don't, 
push you towards that and it's the whole accountability everybody hates accountability but oh, for sure. they really do um, and I think that's one thing because it does it it pisses me off at times um, yeah and I'm like okay you're really getting on my freaking nerves yeah but at the end of the day I'm like you know what it shows that these people care and they want me to be the best version of myself yeah it is tough too because obviously I'm I'm one of the ones who preaches accountability and yet I hate it uh, yesterday I got an email from from um, our regional director asking me to share my accountability numbers and my um, my 411 and I'm like I've got two options here like I can I can resist it or I can just lean into it right and so it becomes really challenging for me to be the guy that fights back against accountability when I'm also the one that preaches it so I went as far as like to dump every layer and extra piece of life <laughs> accountability into that 411 instead because I hate it but I think the reason I hate accountability, and I'm curious if it's this way with you or not, I hate accountability because most of the time it's because I failed myself mm -hmm. or I failed my, my goals. No, no, I agree. It's, you know, it's one of those things that you, you write down like a list of things. You know, I'll have a list in my head. I'm like, no, I got to get all these things done. But if I don't write it down, I've noticed that when I do write it down, it pisses me off when I don't, when I can't check that box off yeah. that I've done it. And you're like, mm -hmm wow, I really didn't get much done, but also vice versa. When you do check all those boxes, it's like, wow, like it was a great day today and I killed today. Yeah. Yeah. I think we hold ourselves and obviously just, I don't think this is a team value. I think this is just a people value, but I think we hold ourselves to an expectation that when we put something on a to-do list or when we commit to doing something that we'll accomplish everything on that list. And if we don't, that we're not successful or that we're a failure in some way. When in fact the reality is like if you wrote out 10 goals and you only got eight of them done you got eight things done you wouldn't have done if you didn't get clarity around them mm -hmm. so it was like when do we decide whether to give ourselves grace and not accomplishing our desired goals versus um holding ourselves accountable to for that failure so i know you mentioned culture what does that mean to you culture is I had the best answer for this a second ago. Um, <laughs> while I was driving here. Uh, you know, I, it's weird. I don't know if I actually have a definition for it, really. It's more of the, you know, going back to, you know, where I initially started, you see the culture that was there, that it wasn't, you don't have the energy. So yeah. if you're just surrounded by, you know, just like, hey, go do your thing, and they're throwing you to the sharks, basically, in a sense, you know, go do it. You know, you don't. It does. I. It does. It didn't make me want to push myself. Yeah. Then once I joined the Forney group, it. I just felt like everybody was in there to be like, you know, hey, let's go. And you know, it made me want to be there. It made me want to work hard towards our goals that we have set for each other. And um, I just think having, you know, back to the whole, having everybody with like like-minded goals and wanting to push each other. That. Um, I don't know. I just think that's probably what I'd say. I mean, that's interesting. I've never actually thought about this, but for some reason, when you when you described that, what came to my mind was was the difference between joining a gym and going to work out, where you you have your own goals and then you're responsible for your own outcomes, and the difference between going to a CrossFit gym, <laughs> where everyone is there doing the same exercise with you, hating every minute of it and yet still simultaneously like pushing for each person to finish the workout so that they can get done with the hell and have the enjoyment part of it. Oh, totally. Does it feel like that? 
I'd say so. I mean, just being able to, you know, nobody likes to lead gen. Nobody, yeah, that's right. Nobody likes picking yeah. the phone up and cold calling, but, yeah. you know, it is. It's one of those things that, you know, you go in there and, you know, everybody's just, you know, you go in there just and joke about it and, you know, say something funny to just kind of take your mind off it for a second. But just <laughs> having people there to push you to be like, hey, you know what, you're at, you've only, you're at 14 contacts, you know, hey, you only got six more. Like, you know, let's grind this out. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you're right because no one – but I, I don't know that anyone likes to squat or deadlift if they were really honest with themselves, right? It's like you're almost, you like the pain of it, but more so than that, you like the, the outcome of the painful activity. So, uh, so having that collaborative environment, like a CrossFit gym almost, where people want you to succeed, um, I think it makes it more effective. So what is, what is your life look like today versus what it looked like before you joined? How has it changed? Do you think? I think I I never wrote down goals. Yeah. I never, I never had a vision board. Um, I think just now having that, it kind of set a standard for my life now. Is you know this is where my expectations are. This is what I want. Um, you know, and then now that I write my goals down and you know writing more things down, uh, it just I think it's made me more of a positive person. Yeah. Uh, and look at life a little bit more positively. I'd say. Um, but that's probably what, for the most part. How does that positivity, you think, spill over in your personal life as well? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I just think kind of it always, I'll have that, I'll keep that positive mindset. Even if I'm having a terrible day, I still just have to keep, I always keep that positive mindset. Like, you know what, I've, I didn't get this, but you know, I'm going to get this next time. And it's, I guess just trying to look at, you know, I failed at this, but how am I going to not fail at it next time? And just always try and focus on the positives opposed to the negatives. Yeah. I'm what I'm hearing and maybe I'm wrong, but it almost sounds like when you say focus on the positive and I didn't get it this time, but I'll get it next time is like being growth minded. It goes, okay, you know, I, I failed today, but but not tomorrow because I plan on on working at it harder and smarter to to actually accomplish it the next time around and that's that to me is like a feeling of hope mm-hmm. like it, it's it gives you the positive thought that tomorrow will be better and and today wasn't as good as you are you're going to be so mm-hmm. where does that how does that help manifest in your personal life is there anything tangible that you can think of it's been, I mean, you've had in the last 60, 90 days, I mean, you're, you've had some, some amazing, li- some awesome life changes, right? I mean, like we, we touched on Lexi, which has been awesome for your, for your personal life, but there's also been some challenges too. Like, how do you think that not, not as it pertains to that, but like, how do you think that that mindset maybe is carried over into more than just real estate or that culture of, of the Forney group carries over into your personal life? Um, that's why they pay me the big bucks yeah um <laughs> damn it that's a tough question or does it not the, the answer can be it doesn't at all i mean i think it does it's because i i don't know it's funny like my mom even noticed it at you know once i joined she just noticed like i guess i was more you know i was real quiet i never really wanted to interact 
Yeah. I mean, I wanted to interact, but I was never like, you know, really much of a family guy. I'd just kind of go and do my own thing. And I think she just knows more that I was, you know, being more, you know, I'd help out a lot more or I'd want to be more involved in things. Uh, I mean, that's probably what I'd say is one of the biggest changes towards that. I, just the way that I actually interact with my family and actually want to cool. do things more. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've no, I've noticed for sure how much you've grown and especially probably in the last six months or so. Um, even from just a, I mean, as a person for sure, but like from a skill set standpoint as well, I've definitely noticed skill set wise in six months. Why do you think that is? I think I kind of set my standard for it. I, you know, I go back and I just kind of hear, I set my goal for what I want, and then I just kind of go back. I listen to calls. I'm like, God, that's horrendous. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just, and then I hear others on the team talk. I'm like, God, they sound really good. You know, I want to sound like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just been, you know, what's pushed me to, you know, want to be better. Yeah. Yeah. You actually, I think, are one of the more talented um, people on the phone with the team from like a, from sounding conversational. And, and that's improved exponentially probably in the last six months or, or maybe more. But um, I was just was curious if there was anything that you thought tangibly led to that at all. No, just being um, focused on it. Yeah. Cool. For, for the most part. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you, you brought up your mother. What would it take for your mother to adopt us? <laughs> <laughs> I think she's, I feel like she's maybe our like, spirit team leader oh, or like cheerleader she's, she's or something she's all about it she's all about us i mean we've all joked tom and a couple of others were joking the other day like hey what's this when are we having this you know tfg pool party at the clingon smiths <laughs> dude tell the story about the time that alicia called your mom oh so <laughs> i allegedly i didn't set my alarm uh, <laughs> and i come into the office or no oh i'm laying in bed my mom just swings the door open. She goes, what the hell are you doing? You're supposed to be at the office. You have something with Eric right now at 9 o'clock. I'm like, Mom, I don't have anything with Eric. It's fine. She goes, well, Alicia just sent me a Facebook message about it and asked me where you were at and if you're dead. I'm like, no, Mom, everything is fine. I'm alive. So. This was so amazing. Alex was like the last one to the office one day, and Alicia – Somehow got challenged to message Alex's mom on Facebook and freak her out. And, and she thought it was the funniest thing <laughs> in the world. I'm like, oh, okay. it was. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty awesome. And we did not have anything on Alex's calendar yeah. that morning. But um, <laughs> but everyone else was there. So it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Quite <laughs> funny. So tell me about this Rolex. Oh, the Rolex. The iconic Rolex. Uh, you know, some of you and I have always joked about I've – I've always wanted a Rolex and everyone, when I talk about it, people are like, Oh, all it does is tell time. I'm like, yeah. you know, this is a $10,000 thing. And the only sole purpose it has is to tell time. That's right. So, well, I understand that. I said, but it's, you know, when you think of a Rolex, you just think of, you know, these rich business guys and like, God, that guy is, he must be rich. He's got a Rolex. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I think ever since I've been younger, I'm like, I want a cool expensive watch. Uh, and then, you know, it's not, I think kind of where it's at now is it that's what it was it was the actual thought of just wanting to have it like yes i want a rolex and one day i will but it's more of the 
kind of mindset now that it's it's the thought of being able to just go out and have that have enough money that if I really wanted to at any point in time I could just be like I'm going to buy a freaking Rolex yeah. um, and it not you know hurt at all not hurt yeah. my bank account at all and you know just kind of developing that mindset to you know just be more focused on I don't know the outcome of being able to do that rather than just the Rolex itself it's yeah. just that having your mindset shifting your mind shift mindset to that yeah when when we've talked about it what it makes me think of is Gary always talks about is like the it's it's not about actually arriving at the point of mastery it's about the path to mastery mm-hmm. that's important and so when I hear you say that I mean I, what I think is it's about who you have to become in order to be the person to write the check for it mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about the end destination of being able to do that it's all of the obstacles and all of the sacrifices that it takes in order to stroke that check. Oh, to get there. Yeah. 100%. It's the, it's the, the becoming <coughs> that's more than the doing part mm-hmm. of it for sure. So I love that. And it is funny too, cause I've, I've obviously I've heard people say stuff about it and, mm-hmm. um, and then I just realized that they just don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And what they don't know is, is that it's about the path, not about the outcome. So oh, it's everyone jokes with you. You've yeah. look at your vision board and you got a plane on there. Like yeah. Why do you have a plane? It's like, because yeah, they're, cool. right. they're cool. And, and no. it's the biggest thing that I can come up with. Right? <laughs> I mean, so so when you mentioned that, I don't think we've talked about that before, but I but when I put my vision board together and and a lot of it is, are things that haven't been accomplished, I guess that's probably the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But, um, but a lot of like lofty goals that maybe I didn't think were probable in the, in the first 12 months since putting it together, one of the things on there is a private plane because what I what I always say is it's the biggest thing that I can think of. Like if I had had all the money available, having a private plane is the most expensive thing that I can think of that says you've arrived. That would be dope. And too. it's all the things you do up until the point of arrival that actually um, are what's important. So to me, that's the whole reason I have a plane on my vision board. No. Um, I don't actually want to fly it. I'm going to be cool. I don't know where I would go. <laughs> But I could I could see Alicia just being like, yeah, I'm gonna become an airplane pilot. I'll fly. <laughs> there is <forward."> zero <laughs> chance that you'll catch me in a plane with Alicia as a pilot. <laughs> There's I'm not sure that I would want Alicia to be my um to fly a paper airplane for me. <laughs> She'd be a good flight attendant though. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, speaking of which, uh, I think the last time she and I talked, she said that you were her little brother and that that's why she enjoyed. Um, picking on you what's that what is that dynamic well i think it you know she's her and i have the our personalities are so alike um you know i've never had a sister but she's somebody that you know i she just gets me i get her and we're i mean we're buddies and we can you know give each other crap or and it just goes back and forth but at the end of the day we're both trying to help each other out yeah and she will do anything for me i'll do anything for her you know, as well as for everybody else on the team. Yeah, too. for sure. For sure. So what made you get into real estate to start with? Uh, well, initially I wanted to get into medical sales. That's okay. what my dad did. That's your dad did right so now. yeah, I love medical sales. I thought when I was a kid, that's what I was going to do. Uh, and then, you know, years went on and I'm like, well, you know, I want to do sales, but I don't, I don't know where the medical sales field's going to be at here in the next 10 years. Um, and my neighbor, he's really big into commercial real estate. He said, Alex, if your family were to die, if everyone were to die today, how would you support 
you know, your family? I said, I really don't know. Yeah. He said, no, I'm serious. Like, what would you do to support yourself and your family? So, well, I mean, you've got a nice house. You do real estate. <laughs> Why not give it a shot? Yeah. So I, you know, I went, I took my test and that just, I just feel like that's kind of where I, it's led me to. Yeah. And I have fallen in love with it now and kind of stuck. Yeah. That's kind of funny though. What is just like a random fall into real estate? Um, so what advice would you give someone who maybe is in the same position you were in 18 months ago? Uh, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things that, you know, people, it's one, it's funny. You talk to people like, Oh, what do you do? I go, I'm a real estate agent. They go, Oh, you must make millions of dollars. Well, okay. Take a step back here. It's, there's a lot of work that goes into it. It's not, people think it may be easy, but it really isn't. There's a lot of grinding. It's a lot of hard work. Uh, so you, I'd say you probably have to, you know, take a couple steps back because, you know, I thought when I first got into it, I'd be, you know, perfectly fine making a ton of money at, yeah. at the start, and you don't. It's, you know, you think that everybody knows you're a real estate agent, all your friends know, but, you know, really at the end of the day, they don't. Like, That's right. There's only so many that do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think really it's, you know, your first probably year, year and a half. I mean, heck, I'm still going through it, just getting everybody knowing that I'm an agent. Yeah. And getting your name out there. Yeah. You almost can't share that message too much, especially initially. Like it's like building brand awareness repeatedly to to a point where sooner or later people start to associate yourself with real estate. But I don't know what that breaking point is between where you build brand awareness and where it becomes annoying. But with social media and all the distractions today, there may not even be such a thing as that branding point. Like that breaking point. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. And speaking of which, I mean, so you've obviously changed. Uh, we've kind of changed as an organization what like our focus on on database marketing and branding, and and you've adopted a lot of that. What does that look like, contact wise or activity wise, to your database to to familiarize them? Well, it, I think I've started to, you know, you've always heard the whole, you know, let's use social media as a big. Let's use it what it's for. Yeah. It, it is social media talk to people yeah um, and you know I'd heard it a bunch and you know heard a bunch of podcasts read books all that tell you to do it but I never really did it um, literally a month ago I started reaching out and it's it's funny how quickly you can how many people you can you know reach out to or touch yeah um, and just reach out to and just see because it's just just sending you can rifle off a hundred messages to people or a hundred messages or hundred messages to a hundred different people yeah. in literally like two minutes. And it's the easiest way. Cause you know, I did it the first day I did it. I get a referral from it. <laughs> Guy buys a house. I'm like, Oh, Oh, this really does work. <laughs> that, uh, maybe the thing everyone was talking about wasn't such a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it is a good idea. <laughs> so let's talk about random questions. What's your favorite movie? <sighs> That's a tough one. I really like the movie miracle hockey movie i have not seen that but you played hockey right i have um what position did you play uh defense what's the this is a dumb question i don't know anything about hockey other than i mean i know a little (laughs) bit about hockey i'm a dude um it's that game that's played on ice (laughs) yeah it's too cold for me that's why i don't play Um, i'm just i would figure skate that's it i'm just kidding Um, what (laughs) what um what's what why defense well i was 
I guess I played a little offense, you know, growing up, but I was, you know, always one of the bigger kids and I like to hit people. Uh, <laughs> so I think, you know, just, you know, that's really your position that you're getting to hit a lot of people. So cool. Um, can you do any figure skating techniques and twirls? Yeah, as a we can. Well, I've always joked, I really want to, for one of our events, I want to just for an hour to just rent a sheet of ice for, you know, whoever to go out there, and then we're going to see who can skate, and I'll show you guys a thing or two. <laughs> what if if you were going to compete in a figure skating event, could you do a triple axel? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely Are not. there any figure skating moves in which you could perform? Oh, I could do a little jump here and there. Could you? But no spinning. Do you, If you were to guess on the team who's the best figure skater, who are you going with? Or the best ice skater, who would you go with? Well, other than me. Uh, I don't know. I've never seen anyone on skates before. Who are you going with? Uh, uh, for some reason, I could see Tom. Like that he is just true. Surprisingly. Yeah. I mean, he's been around. Did you know that Tom growing up on the east side has never laced up <laughs> skates before? But he's, he's, he's the most athletic, oddly enough. Well, he's also been in the world longer than all of us have, too. <laughs> he's also the oldest. The oldest. So there's a high probability that at some point in time there's been a pond that he's oh, yeah. around that's frozen Yeah, over. he's had those stuff right. on the ice before. That's right. At least once. Um, what, if you could have one superpower, what would you go with? Flying. That'd be sweet. Where would you go? I don't know. I would, I mean, I'd fly around the world like Superman. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't know where you would go, though? Like, nothing cool. There's nothing <laughs> cool about it besides uh, just being able to? No. I mean, just you could go anywhere at any time you want. So it saves you time. That's what it's about? Yep. Okay. Um, do you collect anything? Negative. You don't collect like spoons or coins or trains or anything. Spoons. <laughs> you seem like a big spoon I don't collector. Know. <laughs> that was the most random collection I could come up with. Is that what people collect in Markleville? <laughs> Probably, dude. Probably. They um yeah, we we collect cows in Markleville and um and uh, I and heard that place is the new up and coming. You know fishers. what's kinda you know what's funny now that you mention that is I I remember my family tells this ridiculous story about how my aunt used to collect cow's teeth. This is what you do in Markleville, okay? Jesus. Apparently, like, when your cows lose their teeth on the farm, apparently she used to collect them as a kid. And so there you go. That's your embarrassing, ridiculous story about Markleville and what people collect there. Is that why you started doing it? <laughs> That's why I collect, <laughs> have, a, have a cow's teeth collection for sure. Um, what's your proudest accomplishment? Uh, I'd say probably in high school, uh, we won the state championship two years in a row. My junior, my senior year, I uh, scored the game-winning goal both years. Um, so I'd say that's probably one of my biggest accomplishments. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, honestly, probably joining this, becoming a part of TFG, just because, awesome. you know, it. I actually was thinking about it yesterday. I'm like, holy cow, like there's so many people out there that, you know, our agents, but they, you, nobody's, you know, being able to be like, you know what, like I'm a part of the number one Keller Williams team in Indiana. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a very humbling feeling, but actually thinking about it, it's like, wow, like, you know, it's not just, 
anybody can't do it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, uh, I guess it just makes me feel really good. Yeah, I guess I have not really thought about it that way, but it's kind of like being on a state championship team. Mm-hmm. Only, only one, only one program can claim that that's their, their end of year accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe I just take it for granted and don't pay attention to it like <laughs> that for sure. Yeah. Um, any last piece of advice that you would give someone or advice that's been given to you that you'd share? Uh, work your ass off yeah. all you can. Um, you know, I didn't think it, you know, I always heard it. Um, so I thought I was a hard worker at first, uh, but then I was like, well, I, there's something here. I'm putting the work in, so there's obviously more room for hard work. So put put in more of the work. Um, the work does pay off. Yeah. You know, even though those, you know, times that you are making the calls and nobody's answering or you're getting hung up on, um, you know, at the end of the day, the doing the actions – know they will they get results so uh you know just do the actions because you know once you do them things will come from it for sure 